This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. All right, Jason Glick, what's going on? Hey, John. It's like, well, it's like I know I promised everyone. It's like you know, like a podcast about you know, like um, War of the Realms. You know, it's like the big event that's been spinning out of Jason Aaron's um, run on Thor for the, like the last couple of years. But then uh, something came up, and I realized, hey, you know what? It's like I don't know. I don't have like a, like a lot of definite topics I want to talk about for the next couple of weeks. So I figured, hey, you know what? This came up, so I'm going to go ahead and do it right now. I'm, so I want to talk about Kieran Gylan's run on Star Wars. And um, if you've been listening or reading um, like me and my podcast po- podcast and blogs for like the last couple of years, you know that I really love um, Gylan. He is like one of the one of the writers who like who rarely disappoints. And even when stuff doesn't like like click with me, it's like in the way that I would hope. It's it's not because it's like it's bad. It's just because you know it's like he's trying something different. It's like and um, it just didn't like quite connect with me for what for whatever reason. But you know his um his run on Darth his run with, um Salvador La Roca on um Star on Darth Vader is like the crown jewel of Marvel Star Wars lines so far. And um, even though like I want to go in go into uh, depth about his uh, Star Wars run with Lororoka, as well as Andrea Bocardo and Angel and Zueta, um, spoiler is that you know that his Darth Vader run is still like you know the crown jewel. His like these five volumes of Star Wars that he that he's done are good, but they're not like on the like level of like oh my god this is so amazing like I'm gonna I recommend this to you not just because you know these are like um, good Star Wars comics, but just you know great comics in general, as as is the case with Darth Vader, Darth Vader was. But you know these five volumes are you know good Star Wars comics and like offer they offer up a lot of um a lot of entertainment value if you're on if you like what um, if you're a fan of Gylan, it's like and what he's been doing with the franchise. It's like so. So that being said, it's like I just want to kind of offer up a, a, a brief rundown of the first four volumes because I've already written them up, like on the site, and then talk about the final volume, of Scourging of Shu Torin, like in more depth because you know, hey, this is like it's the it's the finale. It's like it's not well, it's not just the finale of of Gylan, Gylan and Star Wars, like for now at least, but it's also like the um, finale of him and Marvel for now at least. Because well, it's like he's in a position right now to just do like you know the kind of creator own stuff that he wants to do, and you know considering the success that um die and um once in future have had at image and um boom, well it's like he'd be it's like to say that you know it's like he should come back and it's like and write something for like you know write something for for Marvel it's like just seems kind of like you know defeatist at this point you know hey he's in a position to just, you know do do whatever he wants and um, he should, and he should run with that. So, and I, and I'm absolutely looking forward to seeing what he does, you know, with like with these series. I mean, yeah, I said that I just didn't click on the same level that it has with everyone else, but you know, I still want to see, you know, where he's going with this. So yeah, same with um, once, once in the future, because Hey, he's working with debt with Dan Mora, I'm um, digging into the um, socio-political history of, of Britain with this title. And it's like, and, Hey, it's like, I am all for, I'm all for that. So there you go. But getting back to star Wars though, um, he kind of got off to a rocky start with the uh, first, with his first one, the ashes of Jetta. Now 
I say Jeddah, and you'll probably think, like, hey, wasn't that the uh, planet that, that got mostly um, nuked by the Death Star in Rogue One? Yes, that is right. Um, this first volume basically um, explores kind of the aftermath of that, with um, Luke, Han, Leia, 3PO, and R2, like, find, like finding their way there like, to, to deal with the, uh, like, like with the fallout from like from the Death Star's attack and finding like, a world that is basically a, that is basically a um, hellscape that is slowly coming apart part of the seams, and like you know some people are trying trying to live there. You've got Saw Guerrero's partisans, um, like so f- trying to fight what they believe is the good fight against the Imperials, and the Imperials trying to, um, like trying to to uh, dig out all the resources they can from this dying. Like from this dying world, said, like said, re, said, Imperials include the um, what the uh, cyborg um, like, like uh, Cap um, Imperial Kanchar, it's like who's like you know like one eyed, one armed, and all business, and also Queen Trios from the mining world of Shuturun, who um, like readers with long memories will remember, um, as from like from Guylan's um, Star um, Vader arc this. On um, the Shuturun War. Now she's going to be key to his to his run because you know it's like she is the she is the the princess of a, of a world who basically you know rather than just you know fight you know it's like the imperial presence she decided okay you know I'm not gonna like, you know go up against Darth Vader that's just like a recipe for disaster I'm just going to work with these like the Imperials. And like preserve preserve Shuturin that way. So it so um Jedha, so the Ashes of Jedha basically involves um it's like the uh it's like like a, the the Imperial the Imperials and the Rebels just clashing against, you know, how how best how to like you know, how to either defend or mine um Jedha best. And the twist being that um Trios, you know, it's like she's really not happy about um being it's like being forced to work with the Imperials, and she's going to work. She wants to double cross them and work with the Rebels by by the end. So that's and so like you know that's that's cool. And, and there's also some fun bits with you know like with Han um like like becoming realizing his leadership leadership potential with the it's like with the partisans. It's like and and Luke um meeting up with like a with like a death cult that you know like kind of has their own it's like opinions about how the uh, the destruction of Jedha is going, but um, it's just kind of like a. But looking back on it, really reading it again, it's like it kind of the first volume feels kind of like a really um, like a loose association of it's like of ideas kind of tied together by the fact that hey, you know, remember Jedha? That was from the Rogue One movie. We're gonna go explore that here. So it's it's fine. It can't. There's there's definitely some setup here for. Like for the later volumes, which is which is nice, and um, but really the thing that's really weighing it down is um Laroca's art. Now I'm still not 100 percent sure who was responsible for this, whether it was him or um, colorist Guru FX, but he just was really leading into photorealism for the characters, especially the uh, like the characters who've been in the movies here and it was just insanely distracting just you know you've got he he does say you know good line art but then you've got like this this really textured um color art 
it's like filling in this line work and it's just wow like that's that doesn't work i mean it's like i i know that yeah, yeah like that there are real world bases for these characters like it's like in like that for the characters that are in the story but it's just like really distracting to see them to see that you know see a uh, Loroka try to um, like nail this photorealism and it's just it's just like a really big argument for like you know why fo- like this this kind of like it takes like a real like real talent real skill to make this make photorealism like this work and it's just not here it's like it's like I said it's really distracting and it's like it's it's it um, weighs down the entire arc the good news is that um he reigns it in a bit for for the second arc, which is Mutiny at Moncala. Basically, this is the story of how, it's like, it's like of how the, um, the, um, planet of, planet of Mon Calamari, you know, like Admiral Akbar's homeworld, um, basically joined up with the, the rebellion. It's like, like, it's like during the, uh, the area of the original trilogy. And it's a, and for my money, this is probably the best volume of the series. It's like, you know, you've got, it's like, well, you've got like the, there's some some fun bits with um with the rebels meeting up with the current um leader leader of Mon Moncala and things going bad. It's like and then having to like book it and then it's like and then Leia has to turn to um her new friend Queen Trios in order to um get the uh the kind of intelligence they need in order to um try and bust the the like the uh, the Mon Calamari king out of the Imperial Jail that he's been in for the last couple decades. So how are they going to do that? Well, it's going to involve it's like a, like a shapeshifter, it's like a court, it's like a uh, it's like a uh, like a presentation of a mon, it's like a mon, Cal- mon calamari culture, it's like a jailbreak on a um, aquatic prison planet, it's like oh, and maybe like an imperialist going to dry her hands on on Chewbacca in order to um make make things work. There's lots of lots of really fun bits strewn throughout. Like, like th- strewn throughout this, um, like this story with like not least of which is like you know Han, um, like getting a tip from the Imperial who um like dried her hands on Chewbacca. <laughs> oh wow, it's like no, but it's cool because he agrees to split it with Chewie once once everything's over. But um, it's but it's just like a it's a it's a really um well it's like well done heist story that um that adds like lots of lots of interesting complications. It's like as it goes along. It's like, and it's like so much fun to just, you know, like to observe, to observe, like, you know, like things, both the plan going well and then coming apart. It's like, like towards the end. It's like, it's, it's like, I mean, it's like I said, it's just really, it feels really well constructed, constructed. And, um, it's like, and in, and in the end, like, even after things like go well, well, we get the, uh, it's like the, uh, whoops, you know, it's like things aren't. Thing like you know, it's part of a longer game. The Imperials are planning than anything else, but it works because you know it's like it's leading into the next dark, which is called Hope Dies. Now, if you're thinking like, yeah, this sounds like kind of like a downer arc, well, you'd be kind of right because um, one of the things that um, Galen Galen stated when he wanted when he was doing his um, doing this arc for Star Wars that he wanted to you know basically explain um, you know like just how you know, the rebels went from, you know, it was like the success at the end of, um, episode four to being on the run and entrenched in, um, 
the ice planet of Hoth. It's like the beginning of episode five. Okay. Now, the problem with that is, I mean, uh, not saying you couldn't get a story of that, but it is, but the, the problem with that is, is that, you know, it's like the explanation for that is kind of in the title crawl to um, the Empire Strikes Back. You know, just the idea that the Empire just hounded the rebellion to the point where they were, they just had to take up like take up refuge on this like ice ball in the middle of nowhere. It's like, you know, that's a pretty good explanation for it. I mean, it's not like um, the really good setup that Galen was working with, with Darth Vader, where you wonder like, okay, yeah, the Death Star was destroyed on his watch. And, oh, because the emperor is such a great guy, he just gives him like, you know, command of the executor, you know, like for like af- afterwards. No, it's like, there's, there needs to be an explanation of like, you know, why the emperor, you know, likes like, how the Emperor, like, you know, like, was able to, like, you know, believe in Darth Vader again. How Vader, like, you know, clawed his way back into the Emperor's good graces. There was this big story there. With, um, Gylan's run, um, which, the, the thinking of this, like, you know, the story of how the, the Rebellion that got to the point they were between episodes four and five, that kind of reaches its climax in Hope Dies, which is the idea that, you know, they've, they've been able to, it's like, to accrue their own fleet by, um, by getting them, by winning them on Calamari over to their over to their side, and also um, building more ships thanks to the um, influx of resources from their from their secret alliance with Shu Torun. Problem is that, well, it's like Trios, you know, wasn't as friendly as she as she claimed. She's actually been working with Darth Vader this entire time, and um, it's like and her and the whole reason she was working with them was basically to just get to gather the rebellion. It's like in one place, have access to their and have access to their like um, systems. So the empire could lock them down and that Vader could show up and then just, you know, like smack them down to the point where they would need to re, re they, they, like they, they would need to re, retreat like after, after he was done, after he was done brutalizing them, assuming there was anything left of the rebellion to retreat with. Hope Dies offers a lot of um, like like fun stuff over the uh, it's like over its run. I mean, seeing um, like Leia realize that oh oh my god, been, I've been betrayed. I'm gonna go and bust on Destrios' ship, and um, it's like it gets some answers. It's like you know that's that's great. Seeing um, it's like seeing Luke um, like you know. Like find out that okay, you can open the uh, the lockdown bay doors by just simply flying at them and say it's like okay, if I if I make this, it's going to be because of the force. But if I die, it's going to be because of because of three PO because he suggested this. It's like or at or at the um, it's like the the great sequence midway when um, it's like when Darth Vader it's like you know finally gets their bead on hey you know hey I recognize that ship that shot me down at the end of Episode Four. I'm gonna get some payback right now. So yeah, it's like so seeing Vader go toe to toe with the Millennium Falcon. It's like, <laughs> it's like that. That's that's good stuff. I mean, and the overall arc, it, like, is well constructed. It's like just with the, uh, it's like with the rebels realizing that they're gonna have to break onto, uh, break into um, the Executor and um, get the um, and unlock the uh, code codes that will like um, break the lockdown. It's like there's so like I mean there's it's a good story, like overall, but there's just this nagging feeling that you know that Gylan was kind of like you know he's there's this is like an unnecessary scaffolding that he's been nailing on to, um, 
like like the overall story. It's like I mean, like did did we need the story like the story like oh so it's like yeah between episodes four and five like the, the rebellion created this like big fleet that was um eventually locked down destroyed by the by the empire you know before they had to flee to Hoth. It's like it's it just doesn't feel like you know like the kind of thing that story was necessary like in order to it's like in order to bridge the gap between the films. So I mean. Like I said, it's entertaining, and and the and the art from Laroca is good. It's like, like I said, he's just. I mean, there's some odd faces here and there, but um, but but he's but the the photorealism that I was like complaining about. It's like it gets progressively progressively better and less obtrusive, like as as his volumes go on. But um, it's also like his last like his last um, contribution to um Galen's run because. For the following two volumes, the Escape and the Scourging Issue Torren, well, it's like um, Andrea Bricardo and and mainly Angel Unzueta um, take over now. Bricardo, um, it's like is it's like it's more like it's a more like exaggerated, like slightly caricature style, and he, it's like and he's fine, but um, Unzueta, um, he's a veteran of Star Wars um, from his work with um, Charles Soule on um the Poe Dameron series. And he's generally um pretty much better about, you know, managing like, you know, like believable photo photorealistic stuff than the the Roca was. So like his work on these two volumes it's like is gener- like is generally a lot lot more appealing when he tries to go for, you know, it's like, you know, like realistic faces and all. So that so I like that, but the escape is basically just kind of a nice like come down series, like you know, after you know, it's like the be- like the bad times of hope dies. Well, it's like um, like Han, Luke, Leia, R two, and three PO. It's like I'm have one like separated from the uh, like from the main Rebel fleet, and like they're they're asking it's like Santa Stardos, uh, Han's quasi ex wife smuggler, to um get them back to to the rebellion. Problem is that you know they run into some, it's like into some. Re- some imperial, like, like imperial blockades, and um, they're it's like they wind up have, and um, and our heroes wind up st- stuck on the moon of Hubin, which is home to the to um, clan Marcona. It's like led by, it's like um led by um th- led by their their thane Mar- it's like Marcona. It's like, and you know it's like, they've they've got a, they've got a nice place where they're just kind of like okay well, it's like yo maybe you can hide out here for like the next five months. You know, like that doesn't quite sit well with Luke, who's feeling kind of antsy about this, and he wants to get back to the fight, realizing that you know, hey, we've got to. It's like you know, what could the what could the the um the Empire be doing while we're sitting on this moon? Meanwhile, Leia, she's been putting her own plans together, as far as like you know, hey, after it's like after what Shutoran did did to us, it's like we've got to, it's like we've got to like an- we've got to answer that and. It's like, and there's, and you know, the escape is a nice, it's like, is a nice, like, you know, transition, transitional story. It's like, and I, and I appreciate the fact that, you know, like, you know, Clan Marcona, you know, it's like, it's, they're not being entirely honest or, or, or clear about, you know, why, it's like, you know, like how, it's like, you know, why they're, what they're doing on this planet and how, um, their Thane, like, you know, got this planet in the first place. In fact, it's like the fact that, you know, like he's, he said, he tells Luke at one point, yeah, it's like the, uh, the empire, um, offered me, um, the empire or was it the, um, 
like the Republic. It's kind of hard to tell when where one ended and when when the other began. It was like they offered me this job, and um, they thought it was worth it was worth a planet. What exactly was the nature of this job? They never said. So yeah, it's. So I, I like that kind of like um, ambiguity right there, and I also like the fact that you know Gylan found room for, like you know, well I like seeing I like um Sanastaros's role in this story. I also appreciate the fact that you know another of Jason Aaron's creations from from his Star Wars run show up here as well. It's like it's it's nice to see that you know like they're they're continuing to play with. There's like some continuity uh, maintained with like within like you know Mar- like Marvel Star Wars run and all. So this. So this is cool. In this game, you know, it's like it's not like you know thoroughly important in and of itself, but it's fun for what it is. And then we come to the final volume, the Scourging of Shu Torin, which you know, it's like that's a name that has weight to it because okay, because when we've got the uh, as you know, like what we know about the rebels, you know, like they're all about you know they they don't believe that. They believe that the empire's rule has been wrong and unjust, and they're trying to create a um, better. It's like you're trying to overthrow them in order to create a better, more, more equal, more fair. It's like um, like galactic rule for everyone, and that's great. But you know, when you're talking about an arc that basically calls says it's like it involves scourging, you know, it's like how how does that figure in? You know, like like you know, okay, so the rebels like they're the good guys. But this is going to involve a scourging of a planet, you know, a planet whose um, whose leadership um, stabbed them in the back, and now we're coming to pay, coming for payback. We're going to send a message saying, "Hey, if you don't cross the Republic, this is what you'd expect." That's that kind of moral ambiguity is what I was, or moral not moral ambiguity, moral complications. What I was expecting because is what I was looking forward to seeing interrogated um like in this like in this final volume just you know like how does the um how does the the the, how do the rebels maintain their moral superiority when they're involved in like taking down it's like an it's like an entire planet well (laughs) that's that's not really um addressed here to be honest because you know for because you know, it's like, well, this does maintain like Guyland's, you know, like trademark, like with like um, witty sensibilities and like it's like an appreciable craft that he applies to everything he does. This it really kind of feels like a uh, a kind of a kind of redo of Mutiny at Moncala in the sense that okay, it's kind of another high story, only it's involving um, it's like all the all the uh, supporting characters that um, it's like that he's accrued, that he's created over the course of his run. There's the Shishit Ratunga from Mount Kala, the Partisans led by Benthic from the Ashes, Ashes of the Jedha. It's like, oh, um, Miorti, the uh, mechanic slash slicer who's worked with, it's like, like who's worked with them, who worked with them in Hope Dies. It's like, and, um, and, at the center of things is um, Queen Trios, who is you know just going through business as usual at Shutor and believing that she's managed to stave off like you know the, the like the destruction, the destruction or imperial rule of her planet through her compliance. And um, problem is that you know it's like it just 
that um, there's really no um, there's there's really no um, like attempt to like just you know like ask whether or not like the rebellion is like it's kind of like wrong in this kind of in this kind of like you know thing. It's just it's just a Leia expertly frame, frames this as like, hey, okay, maybe maybe this is a little um, like vindictive, but you know, like Chutorin is one of the uh, Empire's big. It's like big planet, big um, production planets, and we can um, take them out with a minimum of fuss. It's like and and minimum of loss of life as well. And you think, okay, this is this is perfect. This is going to be fine. It's like you know, hey, sure, like like it's it's going to be like sure it's going to be a scourging, but it's not really going to be like a major scourging. Just like there's going to be minor scourging, not not a whole not not a lot of bad stuff. Until you realize that, oh, you know, when you're bringing in, like, group of season commandos like the Partisans, like, people who have seen, um, you know, their planet be destroyed by the jet, by um, the Empire, they, uh, reali- they realize, hey, you know, there's a chance to actually fully destroy this planet. We should probably take it. And uh, that that's kind of how this thing, how this, like, how the storyline plays, plays out. It's like, like Leia, like Leia and her crew, like managed to like with with Han, with Han and in tow, managed to um, managed to get things you know get things um get things going, and then the only complications arrive when um it's like when the um, partisans decide to take matters into their own hands. It's it's fine, but it's just kind of like it feels just like it's really playing it safe. Like it's just kind of like you know by. By the uh, science science fiction star specifically Star Wars action play playbook. I mean, in the sense that you know, like there's there's not there's not really like the moral complications that I was hoping to see addressed here um, never really come to fruition. Like I w- I think that in order to make this story work, it would have like the Parsons really would have had to um, have have, su- have um, succeeded in um, their attempts to um, set up the the utter destruction of the planet. And then the uh, rebels would have, and then Leia and company would have had to realize, oh my God, what have we set into motion here? We're going to have to like try our best to like get everyone out of this planet before before it's destroyed. And then they realize that you know, okay, so so yeah, we've it's like we we saved as many as we could, but you know, it's like our actions just you know ultimately led to the um, to the destruction of this of this planet and like how many people. Even if it did, you know, like cripple the Empire's production and all, it's I don't know. It's like it's like I, said, I think one of the things that I was going over before I set him to do this is that you know it's like I don't believe that Kieran Gallen is capable of phoning stuff in that he that he that he believes in. There's always going to be like you know, like bits like lots of creativity in what he does. And that's that's true here, especially with the bits involving the shapeshifter Tunga. It's like, and also um, Queen Trio says she um, reckons with she's the one who reckons with the uh, real moral choices about how to uh, get back in the fight after the after um, she's locked out of um, control of Shutoran. It's like, but but you know, it's like if so, like I mean, there's there's still too much like interesting stuff going on here. Like say that. Um, I believe that your Gylan is phoning this in, but you know, I think maybe if I if I did believe in that he was capable of phoning stuff in, this is probably what it would look like. So, I guess 
you know, for now that's that's good because you know his that kind of thing still results in in an overall uh, well crafted entertaining story. But um, I don't know. It's like it's just a case of like you know, hey, you know, he's done like he's done better elsewhere, and I am also like much much looking forward to much more looking forward to seeing him um, like wrap up it. Like his and um, Damien McKelvey's signature series, um, The Wicked and the Divine, and also like f- future volumes of Die and the initial volume of it's like of Once in the Future when it's, it's like when it's kicked off. So I guess it's like so overall. I guess you know how do these um this is run on Star Wars Fair. I think it's I do think it's like a, like a thorough a cut above your. Like what what you would expect from a uh, licensed property, since that like, there is a there is a uh, overall overarching story that he's working to tell here, and he tells it with style. It's like and lots lots of fun here. Sure, the art may be dodgy and it bits, but overall it's a lot more solid. And I think it's and I do think it's um generally better than Jason Aaron's run because well Aaron told. You know, like engaging stories on an arc by arc basis. It's like there was like there was there wasn't really a lot just you know holding it all together. There wasn't that that over that overarching story tying tying his six volumes into like one like one big epic, which is kind of like what I was re- what I really look for like when someone's doing a run. So yeah, it's like so I mean like hey if you if you if, you, if you're looking for a good Star Wars story, then yeah, it's like I think Galen's run. Um, it's like, you know, we'll, like, we'll fit the bill and satisfy you. But I guess if you're kind of like, like a, like a hardcore, like Gylan fan that like I am, or like, I, th- like, I think myself to be, then, um, you look at Star Wars and think, you know, it's, it's not bad, but he's done better elsewhere. So there you go. Um, that report card is what? It's- uh, well, I guess you could say it's like. Uh, B B minus B. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's like, it's fair like, it's, is fair is is the grade here, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's like, like I said, this, these aren't these aren't bad comics. I mean, like like it's one like my sense of licensed stuff over the years. Like this is this is really quite good. But you know, it's like I, I mean, Gallen's done better elsewhere. Like both in the creator owned and in you know work for hire stuff for Marvel specifically. All right, you know what you're going to be talking about next time. All right, next time is definitely going to be about War of the Realms because, like, I did get the uh, like the main, it's like the main volume. It's like like prior prior to this podcast, but then you know when I when I got the scourging issue Tora and I figured, yeah, I should probably just go ahead and like do this right now. But you know, hey, so hopefully, so yeah, so maybe I'll even have some, some maybe a tie-in volume or two to talk about um, with. Uh, it's like with the uh, War of the Realms, like, you know, next time we talk about this. So there you go. All right. We'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glade. All right. Laters.